God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. That's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to the Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And wow, well, we have a lot of things to talk about. We're going to talk about globalism and the impact on elections. I've said for a while that, um, you know, uh, ever since we knew that DeSantis was, you know, running for president, it wasn't new news that, uh, you know, that he launched on Twitter. Uh, you know, a lot of people are making the claim that when he did do the launch on Twitter, it was a huge bust. Um, but the reason why he did it was he was afraid that he wouldn't have the big turnout, the crowd. Uh, and he's not resonating in Kentucky or in other states. You should see the polls uh, where Trump is cl- the clear winner in in other states. Uh, the DeSantis is really not resonating, but DeSantis has all the money. DeSantis is backed by the globalists. And, you know, folks, I said my Lipness test is anyone, any candidate that's supported by Mitt Romney or, or Paul Ryan, and I, I've done a lot of research on Paul Ryan and Mitt Romney, and I could tell you things, you know, I, it's just not worth the time to tell you. Um, because it's not important. I don't think they're that relevant. But they are relevant. Um, they are relevant because Paul Ryan's on the board of Fox News, which I no longer watch. And Mitt Romney was in bed with a guy like Kofor Black, who shared the board with Hunter Biden and uh, was perpetuating wars through black markets using the four currencies of the black market. Basically, weapons for oil, for drugs, for human trafficking, sex slaves, and slave labor. And it was all of that. You know, and their exploitation of the wars in Afghanistan and in Syria and in, in, in the oil laundering for weapons uh, in Ukraine 
and the whole exploitation of ISIS and the setup of Benghazi and the overthrow of Egypt and Libya to make inroads into oil transports down into Africa in exchange for gold and cobalt, pushing the climate agenda. I mean, I was watching, I watch now more than ever, but I watch international news quite a bit. Not that that's really any better, but they don't have the same biases involved with American politics, say, as CNN and MSNBC do. They don't don't have the same vested interest, I don't believe. I could be wrong about that. But what I would say is that what's uncanny and what you can learn from is, is not so much what they're telling you. It's the fact that they're telling it to you. It's the same story. How can it be that we're quibbling about stoves and gas stoves here in America and at the same exact time we are quibbling about gas stoves in France and in Germany and in every other G7 nation, which gets back to that whole thing that I'm talking about, which is BRICS is going to be the manufacturing slaves and China is going to be so-called, in air quotes, developing nation so that they can manufacture all the way to the year 2060 and G7 is going to innovate And they're going to research and develop, and they're going to be highly educated, and they're going to basically get the blueprints and patents, and they're going to mastermind technology and advancements in all kinds of pharmaceutical stuff that kills you and gives you cancer or gives you myocarditis, which then they create a cardio drug that puts out the myocarditis. And it's a perpetuating profit center for a company like Pfizer, who's owned by BlackRock, Vanguard, and State Street. So it's kind of like that, right? It's this whole thing that's happening where one is feeding the other. And I just want to be left alone. I I, I just want to set up shop and do my own business and keep the government out of my lives. I would like to get my Fourth Amendment back. I would like to be protected, uh, my privacy protected. I would like the government to be more transparent and not the other way around, where I am completely now transparent, not, not, not by will but, and not by choice, but by coercion and force and manipulation and deception and coercion. That's what all of this was about. Get the vaccine or you can't walk out of your house. Buy our drugs or you can't live your life. Buy our drugs to make us profitable. And they did the same thing not only with Pfizer and Johnson & Johnson and Merck and and, uh, all these companies that were uh, beholden to BlackRock, Vanguard, and and State Street. But they're doing the same doggone thing with uh, with with um, electric vehicles. You got, for example, the Biden crime family that made a deal with Chinese money 
And there is this thing that uh, you have to be worried about. And it's called executive. uh, We're actually going to get to it today. Elite capture, right? We're going to talk about elite capture today. And so what we have is we have the Biden crime family in bed with China. They're in bed with China. And they're getting billions of dollars. They're getting paid off, bought off. They're getting paid and bought off. And they'll, t- they'll make investments and open up green, green lights for certifications and licensing for companies like mining companies like Freeport McMorrin, an Arizona-based company that got somehow the rights to mine in the co- Congo. And they mine in the Congo for cobalt. And the cobalt is then sold to another company that the Bidens are invested in through Chinese money. And it's a Chinese-based company called Emperex. E-M-P-E-R-E-X. And they make the batteries. And so China has become part of this globalist agenda where climate is going to make China rich and put their people to work so that their socialist government doesn't have to foot the bill for food, energy, and housing for their people that they could actually work like slaves for it. That's what Chinese people are doing. It's no different than when it used to be that a slave would work in a, on a plantation for room and board. And they would work till from sun up till sundown like a dog so that they could sleep in the barn in a hay bale and get fed oats and beans. It's not much different. Might be rice and broccoli now, whatever. But you get the point. It's just on a bigger scale. These people are working for a dollar to $20 a day. And our latte drinking, overeducated population won't work for $20 an hour. Let alone get their hands dirty or be in an uncomfortable climate environment in terms of temperature. They want that air conditioner despite their claims for climate. So yeah, climate is every bit as manipulating and as controlling for global profits to go to these globalist multinational corporations, which are all owned, by the way, by BlackRock, Vanguard, and State Street. I have numbers. I came prepared today. And I'm going to share them with you today. So I am really kind of just, I, it's almost like an impossible task. When we see Target, you know, pushing out all their woke agenda, and now you got, for the love of, for the love of God, you know, the, they've got North Face right there, right? Doing the same thing. And you say, what, why is it that in Europe they're pushing, uh, Pushing away, they're, they're canceling out sto- gas, gas stoves. What good is that? I remember Ted Cruz saying clearly, and I played it on this show, that liquid natural gas 
was the main sole reason why America cleaned up its O2 emissions. The biggest proponent, the biggest catalyst, the biggest um, asset for cleaner air was liquid natural gas. And now they want to ban it and they want to go with electric while at the same time saying no to nuclear, which everybody knows electric takes coal to produce. So the coal fire plants are going to be blowing smoke. It's not any, it's, it's dirtier than gas. Yet they're banning gas because they want to control. See, with gas, they can't control you as much as they can with electric. They could turn off your electric better than they could turn off your gas. It's all about control. It's all about uh, that digital currency. It's all about that social credit score. And it's all about that chip. It's all about getting that information calculated so that you have a carbon footprint. It's not going to apply to Al Gore, who has like 15 mansions, or it's not going to apply to Barack Hussein, Obama, who has a beachfront house, never mind about climate change, rising the sea levels. Every time I see one of these before and after photos, like a photo from 1820 or like a photo from 1870, let's say, 1870, the Statue of Liberty, and you show it today and then you show it a hundred and something years ago, right? Same sea level. Sea level hasn't changed a bit, Right? And every time you post one of those photos up on Facebook, they ban it and they censor you. It's crazy. We're living in a really messed up world where censorship reigns supreme. But people have a choice with respect to the Ron DeSantis thing. And there's jokes being all made all over the place about the Twitter uh, launch that went haywire right? It went completely haywire, folks. It was a disaster. And people were writing and saying, there's a reason why he went on Twitter, because he wanted Elon Musk's, however many he has, he has about 130 million followers or something. He owns the thing, and they couldn't get it to work. Now, some some people were saying, well, that's because it was so popular. Now, Twitter has, trust me, I'm in the audio media business if Elon Musk could send a rocket to space he could certainly pull off you know a thousand uh, you know audio people Uh, uh, he can get the audio stream working with his bank of servers so there's a lot going on here but what what the underlying thing is and again what people need to uh, really fully understand is that this is not just you know, this is not just a uh, this is not just a battle between um, two candidates and sh- in you know negotiating ideas. This is a battle between good and evil, and that's not to say that DeSantis is evil. He's not. I think DeSantis is a decent guy. I like him. That's not the point that I'm making. The point that I'm making is that DeSantis is backed by a lot 
of globalists and a lot of their money. Elon Musk, chief among them. Elon Musk is in bed with China because he depends on their electric batteries. Elon Musk is owned. Do you know who owns more shares of Tesla than Elon Musk? You guessed it. Vanguard, BlackRock, and State Street own the dominant shares of Tesla. They own Elon Musk. They could put him under in two seconds. And that's exactly where they want him. And so Elon Musk, who wore a New World Order jacket to uh, the the um, metropolitan, uh, the uh, Manhattan, you know, the uh, big uh, annual gala in Manhattan um, at the Lincoln Center. But yeah, he is. Now, that's not to say that Elon Musk is a bad person. I don't know whether he is or he isn't. I like a lot of things he's been doing, but I think that there's a reason why it is that Trump hasn't gotten back on Twitter and hasn't, uh, and, and, and also I think that there was a reason why Trump didn't say a lot of nice things in the lead up to, you know, DeSantis's launch. I don't think he said a lot of nice things because he knew this was going to happen, right? He knew it. I said this with a picture of Trump sitting in front of a CNN and Fox News logo. And I said, the remarkable part of politics today is never have we had such a clear populist dominate the political landscape as Trump, yet so rejected by the polls, media narrative, campaign donors, and establishment elite. Recent CNN, FNC, Fox News Channel, media ratings tell us that our elections are rigged. When you see CNN have the best numbers they've had, they went from like, you know, it wasn't even close. It was like 400,000 viewers to 3.7 million. In one little blip, you see this chart in the graph and it's just like a spike. And then you're like, what happened there? Oh, that was when Trump was on getting railed by Caitlin Collins, but owned the night because he totally owned her. He didn't allow her to win. But in any case, you know, you take a look at what they did to Tucker and, you know, the ratings. I mean, I have never quit on Fox News like I quit this last time. When they cut Tucker, and everybody knows how much I, you know, like Tucker's commentaries. But you know what? I also, you know, know that Tucker was friends with Hunter Biden once upon a time when they were neighbors in the DuPont Circle area of D.C. I know a lot about Tucker. I know that his father was a spook. I know that uh, a lot of things about Tucker that I don't love. No one's perfect. Just like there's a lot of things about Trump hiring Chris Ray, hiring Gina Haspel. I can go on. You know, Dan Coats. I can go on. And on so many hires that he did Pence for crying out loud was never a fan of any of those choices that he made. And I was wondering why he would do it. Bill Barr always questioned that one too. It's like that's a Bush guy, right from the nineties, you know, and a Clinton guy, I think. But you know, it just always sort of like confused me, baffled me. I don't know if it's because he was 
coerced. Deals were made behind closed doors that we'll never uh, get to know about. I don't know. You know, I mean, there's a lot of things I stand for that if I were to get into power somehow, I probably wouldn't wouldn't be able to execute all of my desires uh, because of unforeseen circumstances, whatever that is. But, you know, you don't you never know until you walk a mile in someone's shoes. But I do know one thing. That the globalists aren't supporting, paying and endorsing Trump and Trump is not you know, kissing up to the globalists. And my contention is that global, global, globalism has no place in America. And that's, that's the part that I need to, to stress. The three largest shareholders of Pfizer, J&J and Merck, are Vanguard, State Street, and BlackRock. The multi-trillion dollar funds which make investments on behalf of their clients and keep a cut for their, their, own, their, service, uh, their own services control your health and survival. So there was an article written about that uh, that uh, I encourage people to visit my Twitter feed and check out. And um, I said, weird. The top shareholders of Vanguard, now listen to this one, folks. Okay, this is going to tell you a lot. I said, weird. The top shareholders of Vanguard BlackRock, let's see. Yeah. Why well, I, I lost it. Hold on. Okay. The top shareholders of Vanguard, BlackRock, and State Street are, guess who? Guess who the top shareholders of Vanguard, BlackRock, and State Street are? Well, the top shareholder of Vanguard is BlackRock and State Street and Vanguard. The top shareholder of BlackRock, guess who it is? It's Vanguard, State Street, and BlackRock. And the top owners of State Street are Vanguard and BlackRock and State Street. They all own a piece of each other. It, Like I said, it's a super global monopoly. The reason why they can control everything is because you can't boycott anybody. They're always going to control the market because they are the market. They are the entire market. All of Wall Street is owned by these three companies. That's the sad truth. And they own all the pharmaceutical com- com- companies. But they own more than that. I posted this on my social media. You should check it out. So we just covered those three. But guess who owns Target? Vanguard Group, State Street, BlackRock owns Target, which explains what's going on with the, you know, the wokeness. There's another company called Capital Research and Management, Capital Group. Well, guess what? And guess who owns, um, we're going to, guess who owns that? You guessed it, Vanguard, State Street. They're all, you know, big shareholders of that. But guess what else? There's another company that owns North Face, Timberland, Smartwool, Icebreaker, um, Tim, yeah, all, all those different companies, Dickies, Timber, uh, Dick, Dick, Timberland Pro, 
I can go on down. There's a there's a list of com- Kipling, um, Eastpac, Vans. You know that cool brand Vans. Okay, guess who owns that company? All those companies. There's a company called VF Corporation. VF. V is in Victory. F is in Frank. Corporation. So VF Corporation specializes in designing, producing. And marketing men's, women's, and children's clothing and accessories. Well, they own North Face, right? Well, guess who owns them? Vanguard, Capital Research and Management, what's your capital group? State Street, BlackRock, and a few others. But the biggest owners are Vanguard and PNC Bank. And uh, and then a guy named Todd Barbie. So, you know, VF is gone woke. And that's because they want that money. They need that money. Vanguard is their biggest shareholder. And they've gone woke. So this is rather telling. And this is why I, I, I said clearly that um, globalism has no place in American politics. And uh, to me, that's a, I said this, uh, I was looking for this. I said, globalism has no place in America. Whoever Mitt Romney and Paul Ryan endorse to be the Republican candidate in the Republican primaries, I will support the Republican primary opponent of their candidate. I will go against Paul Ryan and Mitt Romney. And then I find out this. I was listening to this clip about Ron DeSantis and how in bed he is with the globalists. And I've been fooled before. Remember when we all liked Mitt Romney? Remember? And we had buyer's remorse. I was fooled too. And I was like, I love Mitt Romney, 2012. Anything's better than Obama. And that's probably true. But guess what? Mitt Romney is one of the worst of the worst. And we now know what an evil con artist he is. Well, I'm not saying that DeSantis is all that. But I'm saying, folks, be careful about what you're doing. You know, the thing is, I don't think we should be splitting ourselves in half. And I think that it was, it's a bad choice for DeSantis. It's a, definitely risky. Um, that he's going to go out there and he's going to do what he does. I think that there's a there's a choice to be made. People need to make the choice, but the choice has got to be made on who is more in bed with globalism. Is it DeSantis or is it Trump? And you got to figure that out yourself, because globalism is the enemy of America. If you want America to maintain itself as the traditional family, middle-class, Christian-right country that it is. Because it will never be those things under globalist rule. All right, so we want to take a listen to this. This is an interesting little commentary by uh, Seb Gorka. Obama Bundler is funding Mm -hmm. him. Can we just repeat that sentence for everybody who missed it? Obama Bundler, Mm -hmm. billionaire. Ken Griffin is funding Ron DeSantis. 
You also what? see people like Peter Thiel, potentially yeah, yeah. even Elon but, Musk. But, but, but think about this. Why, why, why is an Obama bundler, Obama bundler, even being allowed to give him a dollar? This is, this is creepy. This is weird, right? Why this would he not strange. be allowed to give DeSantis money? Well, is he MAGA? Or is he, is, he, but, is, he, is he deep state, Obama buddy, I'll take whoever, whoever's money? Is, is he America first? Isn't or Citadel is he, Capital based in Illinois? So potentially there's a relationship there. He's a senator of Illinois. You, Obama you, you, was. I, I go back to my primary statement here. Mm-hmm. America is divided by those who love America and those who hate it. This guy hates America. Who hates America? Ken Griffin? Griffin. Yeah, totally. And Ken Griffin, who's made billions giving, of dollars, hates America? Yeah. Uh, you know, George Soros is rich, right? And hates yeah, um, we're not saying... I mean, you're, are you saying <laughs> being, that Being Griffin, rich doesn't mean you love America. I hear you, but you're saying that Ken Griffin totally. is George Soros? So, if you're bundling for the man who, who rode on the I will fundamentally trans, uh, transform America, yeah. If you're a former bundler for the guy who said, I hate America so much, I'm going to change it until you can't recognize it, whose wife on Inauguration Day says, this is the first time in my life I'm proud of America... Yeah. Who's, who said that? Michelle, Michelle Obama. Okay. Michelle Obama. Yeah. It's a problem. <laughs> it is a problem. It, I'm just saying, folks, don't be, don't be fooled. So here I, I have this uh, thing. It says, what is the global public-private partnership? So what is that? Thanks for uh, – so, so basically the public-private partnership is basically world economic forum and and the politicians that the world economic forum pushes out there and the world economic forum is owned and operated by blackrock vanguard state street pfizer you know and all these multinational corporations these are all people that are huge financiers of the world economic forum and this is nothing new, right? This isn't this is not new. There's a whole layout. The global public private partnership hierarchy. Notice the banksters, elitists, and the World Economic Forum at the top. There's a whole chart that I'm looking at. And what's interesting is let's take a listen to this clip here. This is uh this is uh really quite amazing. Um have to find it right here. Let's take a listen to this. This is Barney Miller, 1981, season seven, episode eight, The Field Associate. So listen to the Barney Miller. It's a comedy sitcom. I, I just wanted to meet them face to face. I wanted them to admit what they were doing. Who is they? He was in the office of the Trilateral Commission. Trilateral Commission? Yeah, the Trilateral Commission. All right, what is the Trilateral Commission? It's an organization founded in 1973 by David Rockefeller to bring together business and political leaders from the United States, Europe, Japan, so they could work together for uh, better economic and political cooperation between their nations. That's what they'd like us to believe. But you see, what they're really up to is a scheme to plant their own loyal members in positions of power in this country, to work to erase national boundaries and create an international community, and in time, bring about a one-world government with David Rockefeller calling the shots. I take it they're pressing charges? 
Yeah, well, uh, uh, he broke a globe and, uh, and some UNICEF artwork. Well, they're, they're in on it, too. <laughs> okay, Mr. Klein, if you're just... I'm telling you, our whole way of life as we know it is in jeopardy. I appreciate that information. But I, I, have, I have the documented evidence. It's all in there. Show him. Well, he's got, uh, got these magazines here. Conspiracy Review. Suppressed Truth Roundup. The whole master plan is exposed. Yeah, well, um... You're still not convinced, huh? <laughs> would, would you like to hear the names of just a few of the people who have been on the Trilateral Commission? Uh, not particularly. James no. Earl Carter. Heard Jim, of him? Jimmy Carter. Look, Mr. Klein... Henry Kissinger. You heard of him? Walter Mondale. Who? <laughs> Mr. Klein, this is... John all... Anderson. George Bush. Now, you remember at the, at the convention, everybody thought it was going to be Ford for Veep. You know what happened? David Rockefeller just picked up a phone, put in a call. Hey, Ronnie, forget Jerry, it's George. Bye. <laughs> so, no matter who won in November, they had their man in the White House. Are you through? Yeah. All right, and so no matter what happens, they had their man in the White House. So that's what I'm worried about. I'm worried about, they already got Biden in the White House, right? So now they don't want to risk losing. So they want another globalist on the other side. So no matter what happens, they got their man in the White House. Get it? And remember when uh, Klaus Schwab said, "We we have penetrated the cabinets? And we got our guys in, like Justin Trudeau and Ruta from Norway and, you know, Rishi Sunak from, uh, you know, from the UK. You know, all of that is real, folks. It sounds like a conspiracy. It sounds like a movie, but it's real. So here, this chart lays it out, says the globalist elite cabal today, you know, new faces, we got David Rockefeller, who recruited David Rockefeller recruited Henry Kissinger. Henry Kissinger goes to every Bilderberg, every World Economic Forum he can get to. And the guy just won't quit. You know, Henry Kissinger. So David Rockefeller recruited Henry Kissinger. Henry Kissinger recruited Klaus Schwab. Bill Gates took over for David Rockefeller, the rich guy. And Bill Gates and Klaus Schwab are running the Great Reset. And remember, it was Nicholas Rockefeller that Aaron Russo said uh, started the women's lib movement so that he could double the tax base and indoctrinate your children by having them be forced to go off to school at a state-run school sooner than later, which then brings into the whole concept of the Department of Education and these teachers' unions What's their sole purpose? Is to indoctrinate your children. And that's what they're doing at an earlier and earlier age. And that's what's going on with this trans storytelling. That's what's going on with the parents don't have as much rights as the teachers over your children, like in Loudoun County. That's, that, that had an impact on the Virginia governor's race with Yunkin versus uh, McAuliffe. I mean, it's all making sense, isn't it? I mean, I'm laying it out right there. It's quite clear. 
There was a meme here by, put out by the Trump team. It says, Ron DeSantis voted to give Obama fast-track authority for the job-killing globalist Trans-Pacific TPP. Well, you know, Trump did some things, too, that weren't all that great, too. So I don't even want to get into this whole bashing each other like, you did this and you did that. That's futile. That's stupid. And we don't really need to waste our time with that. But what we need to do is we need to realize that we got to keep globalism out of the Republican Party. And that's what Ron McDaniel and the McRhinos are all about. You know, McDaniels, McCarthy, and um, McConnell are all globalists supporting and getting rich off of globalist agenda. You know, interestingly, the 2024 Republican primary polling trends by Signal... Uh, that's spelled C-Y-C-Y-G-N-A-L. Among likely voters, this is a new poll, it says in December, Trump was ahead of DeSantis 40 to 35. In May, Trump is now uh, over 52. He's 52 to 21. And June's numbers are not out yet. So, you know... um, we don't have June because it's not June yet. But uh, in any case, you have uh, all of those numbers. That The gap is widening from five points to almost 31 points. That's kind of interesting. Uh, that's because Trump has become a martyr. Mark Levin uh, is fundraising for DeSantis. So Sean Hannity, of course, considers Mark Levin the great one. Uh I guess they'll do anything for globalist money. Uh, Sean Hannity wears his um, CIA pin, right? And uh, DeSantis' campaign, which opted to ride the coattails of the globalist Elon Musk Twitter platform and his followers, instead of risking a small live crowd, still ended up with a completely botched announcement as Twitter Spaces audio stumbled and sputtered. That's according to the usnews.com. And then also uh, we have this from the National File. Nationalfile.com writes, DeSantis cancels hometown launch rally. We'll meet with globalists in Miami. Many have speculated that Ron DeSantis is holding his official presidential announcement on Twitter as to not be embarrassed by pulling a small crowd. That's uh, looking like that was the case. Ben Shapiro says, Tonight was a perfect encapsulation of the campaign. If you're obsessed with the optics of the Twitter spaces glitch, then, which it was a major glitch, then you're probably not going to vote for DeSantis. If you're interested in political substance, DeSantis is likely your candidate. So obviously, he was a never-Trumper in 2016 and twenty. Um, and once again, Ben Shapiro is, I think, uh, in bed with the globalists. I mean, I, I can't explain his, cause I think he's such a bright guy. I like Ben Shapiro a lot, but he's never been on board the Trump train ever, you know? And yet I said to the, I said, Ben, it's about not having globalist corporate partnerships dictating the outcome of American, America's elections. 
I mean, that's really the, the, the key. So I want to get to something else that's going on with the Biden crime family. And let's take a listen to this. This is, this is just unbelievable. This happened two days ago, I believe, or yesterday. And it was uh, AZ Congressman Eli, Eli Crane uh, from Arizona. Uh, Grills, FBI Deputy Assistant Director of Counterintelligence. Sounds pretty smart. Jill Murphy, but she's actually quite dumb. About the Biden crime family being compromised by CCP elite capture tradecraft. Let's take a listen. Ms. Murphy, do you know what elite capture is? Elite capture? Yeah, do you know what elite capture is? No, sir. So basically, elite capture is used by the CCP as a form of political warfare that seeks to control the actions of political, academic, business, and cultural leaders outside of China to benefit the CCP. The means of control take a variety of forms, including financial incentives, financial dependence, or compromised business entanglements, offers of access to opportunities within China, ideological appeal, and even blackmail. Are you familiar with um, these techniques, ma'am? I am familiar with those techniques. Do you have experience with those techniques, seeing those techniques in your job? Experience in seeing the Chinese government use those techniques? Yeah, or any other nation state that wants to compromise U.S. officials. I don't know that I've seen them personally, um, but I'm familiar with those techniques, yes, sir. Okay. Ms. Murphy, are you aware that a Chinese spy balloon uh, just recently flew over the U.S. for about a week? I am. Ms. Murphy, are you aware that the CCP is buying up U.S. farmland near military bases? I've heard reports of that. I don't know what evidence I've seen of it. Okay. Ms. Murphy, does it concern you some of the uh, revelations that have been coming out of the Oversight Committee about the millions of dollars that have been paid to the Biden family? Recently? I'm not aware of money being paid to the Biden family. Oh, you're not aware of that at all? No, sir. That's interesting. You're the, you, you work for the FBI, right? Yes, sir, I do, but I would respectfully refer you to the, the investigators over that case. I'm sure we can get you a brief on that. The, that is not a case that, that I handle. Yeah, well, I don't need a brief on that, ma'am, to know that there are nation states that have paid millions of dollars to the Biden family. And that's one of the reasons that we're having this hearing. That's one of the reasons that Americans are so concerned that they see Chinese spy balloons flying over the U.S. for an entire week. That's why they're so concerned that they see these Chinese police stations being set up here. And they're wondering, how could this go on? This doesn't make any sense. And yet, the son of the president of the United States is involved and entangled for many years now in multiple business deals that the president claims he knows nothing about. And you, ma'am, you sit here before the Homeland Security Committee. Our job is to protect the homeland, and you act as if you don't know anything about it. Do you understand why the American people are concerned, ma'am? Yes or no? I understand why American people should be concerned about the threat from the Chinese Communist Party. Yeah. Do you see any connections with what I talked about when I was talking about elite capture? Do you see, are you connecting the dots at all? No, sir. You don't connect the dots? So your job is to protect the American people. I just read you what 
elite capture is, the summary, the definition of elite capture. Everybody knows in this town what's going on. Everybody knows what's coming out of these committee hearings right now. And it's pretty sad coming from somebody who, as a young man, wanted to be a part of your organization because of the reputation that men and women from the FBI had built up over decades. And now the American people hardly trust the FBI. They struggle with the Department of Justice, quite frankly, generally. They feel as if, if you don't have the right politics, you can basically do whatever you want. The American people, quite honestly, are wondering why Hunter Biden is still walking the streets. Bingo. I think that guy nailed it. That guy was Eli, Eli Crane, from Arizona congressman. Uh, Eli Crane and uh, wow so that was pretty 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 powerful let's take a, another listen to what uh, elite capture means yeah the, the, the Chinese Communist Party have a, a, a theory uh, they have a uh, doctrine that's called elite capture uh, and that is to capture and and basically corrupt key elements of an adversary's society and when it comes uh, to major political figures. They don't go after the principal, they go after the sons. They call it the princelings. Uh, and it, it, this is absolutely falls in line uh, with, that, um, with that kind of theory from the Chinese Communist Party. We need to get to the bottom of it. We know that Hunter is an equity holder, for example, amongst other things, of a Chinese nuclear uh, suppliers group company that is blacklisted for trying to steal American uh, warhead technology. I mean, there are so many things we have to get to the bottom of, but the thing that's so disturbing is that the FBI did nothing about it. Uh, they say they have a non-interference policy in the run-up to election, but doing nothing is also political interference, and that they've done nothing from then until now uh, is further eroding our trust in the FBI and the DOJ. Bingo. And, you know, I, I, I actually don't even know about the uh, nuclear... Uh, uh, company that they're talking about yet, but I will. I'm going to look into that. Let's take a listen to the gas stove business because this is actually floating around uh, the internet, uh, like uh, the globe, you know, and it's pretty amazing. Let's listen to what uh, Corey Bush, probably the stupidest uh, Congresswoman ever. And that's saying something with Ocasio-Cortez there. But this woman is so corrupt. She's the one that also said that she needs guns to protect her because she's important. But people in the general public don't. So she was going to defund the police and ban guns is what she was advancing. <laughs> And yet she said, but she needs her security detail and she'll pay extra for it. She'll, she'll, she, she demands more than the average because she's special. This proposed rule is not a ban on gas stoves. This proposed rule is not a ban on gas stoves. We are regulating indoor air pollution. That's her argument. 
It's not a ban on gas stoves. We're regulating indoor air pollution. <laughs> like the air inside is not much different than the air outside. I don't get it. We're not in a bubble in our house, are we? When the garage door is open. Do you ever open your windows? I mean, give me a break. This is incredible that a congressman, congresswoman would say that. And here's another black person, but a smart guy, uh, Byron Doug, Donalds, uh, right here. Oh, this is Mr. Delasky. This is reality. Because if you're going to tell, let me, let me bring it to you this way. If you're going to tell my mom that she can't have a gas stove anymore and she can only buy an electric stove, but there's a gas hookup in the kitchen and now the kitchen has to be remodeled and we were renters, we were not owners, which means the landlord had to go and redo that. Do you know what that's going to do to her livelihood? What happens if the, if the, if the, if the landlord says, man, I got to go through these massive retrofits. I'm not paying for that. It falls on the back of the renter, which is what does happen. Does that sound like a movie to you? No, it doesn't. I'm not even asking you a question because this is ridiculous. This is not a movie. This is people's lives. And we have the Department of Energy who doesn't even have the guts, the courage to come in here and answer questions about their proposed rule. They would rather hide in their building down the street than come in here and talk to the American people, talk to the people's representatives. This is Mr. Delap. It's true. So true. I mean, but they're doing this all over the world, folks. This is the this is the thing. I I was watching French news, and they were covering. I mean, I only had it on for twenty minutes. Just uh, let me flip this on and see what's what. And bam, it was a gas stove story. And it's it's absolutely stunning and crazy at the same time. Well, we have more corruption. So, you know, the, uh, there's big news about the FBI whistleblowers busting the FBI wide open. They completely lied about J6, that they were embedded and infiltrated and caused the riots. And there's about 11,000 hours of video that the FBI doesn't want released because it will clearly show that they had embedded sources infiltrating and provoking the riot. It wasn't Trump. It was the FBI. Let's take a listen. All of those people out there, all of you guys that were vilified for or called a conspiracy nut for saying that the FBI was actively involved on January 6th, you have now been vindicated. You have now been vindicated. So if you've got a family member Who's like, oh, Janice, you're just one of those conspiracy nuts. Show them tonight's episode and show them this testimony that we're about to show you. Whistleblowers admitting that FBI Director Christopher Wray lied under oath to Congress that no FBI agents were present during the January 6th riots. Well, I remember also testimony where they were asked point blank range. Uh, I think it was Ted Cruz asked this woman, FBI woman. And she said she she was on a Zoom call. It was like a Zoom virtual. And they uh, she answered that she couldn't answer the question because of sources and methods. Uh, once again, you know, I'm sick and tired of the FBI hiding behind that. Um, 
I also have, uh, let's see, I have a bunch of clips. I'm just trying to choose the ones that we have time for. Uh, let's take a, well, I don't want to get into Ukraine. This was a George Soros clip where I'm just going to tell you what it's about. Just so you know, because I got, I got a, well, actually, okay, so I have a couple of things I want to get into. I was going to play a clip uh, related to Marjorie Taylor Greene sends D.C. into utter panic in most firehouse floor speech after filing articles of impeachment against FBI Director Ray, A.G. Garland, Mayorkas, and Joe Biden. Um, Joe Biden must be impeached. It was a great speech that she made. Also, uh, we have something from Nancy Mace that says the Biden family house of cards is falling. If you have any information about the alleged corruption involving the president and his family, now is the time to step up. This is in the wake of, you know, basically canceling the IRS investigation. The DOJ is meddling and Merrick Garland is guilty of that and responsible for that. Uh, We have Matt Talibi saying that the IRS opened a case on me on Saturday, Christmas Eve, 2022, which just happened to coincide with a major Twitter files report on FBI intelligence community ties to tech platforms. This is revealed in a new letter to the IRS commissioner by House Judiciary Chair. And that was dated yesterday. So um, then you have George Soros, just so you know, who set up the war in Ukraine and our billions of dollars in taxpayer dollars are paying for it. And they got a clip of George Soros basically admitting it. And uh, I'll probably play that on a future show. But there's a, a lot of evidence and information going on related to these things. And if that wasn't enough... If that wasn't enough, Gateway Pundit exclusive major fraud exposed Democrat donations harvesting operation confirmed in Missouri with video proof. Thousands of donations are coming from an address where nobody donated. They go up to the address. Did you make 1,200 donations uh, to the tune of $52,000? No, I never made one donation. What are you talking about? Uh, Well, the donations track back to your address. And... You know, the video footage is uncanny. And, you know, the thing is, is that we got to get to the bottom of this election fraud or we're never going to have our country back. Well, that brings us to the end of the Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Be sure to check out MAGAPAC.org to find out how we're advancing America First policies to make America great again. And also use Red State over at MyPillow.com to help us out when you buy your pillows. And with that, we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye, everybody. Grab a shovel, dig a hole a little deeper, just to bury my kids right up to there.